Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. I am super excited to talk with my guest today and have her share all about what she has created. So let's jump in. Let me introduce you to Nicole Chenault. She's the founder of F-Bombs and Booze. Yes, you heard that correctly. F-Bombs and Booze, a handmade drinkware brand that has the heavy use of profanity and sharkiness. So I know she's in the right place with this audience. Their products are sold on multiple retail and wholesale e-commerce platforms and sold in over 150 shops and boutiques internationally. She is now a one-on-one coach for handmade businesses to help them start, grow, and or scale their businesses. Nicole, I am so excited to have you on this show. When I saw your stuff, I was like, oh, we have got to talk. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here as well. And glad that you embrace um, all things F-bombs and booze. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Well, I want to hear all about your journey and your products. So how did you get started in this? How did this idea come up and where did you start? So prior to doing this, I was a retail store manager for a major grocery chain here in the Bay Area. Um, And I had recently been transferred to a store to help fix it. It was in rough shape and it was out of the district I had been in for um, the majority of my 17 years with the company. And I didn't want to leave my district, but, you know, had no choice. So I went and within a few days, um, I instantly became miserable um, at my new store. And I had never dealt with any type of anxiety or depression in my entire life. And all of a sudden I was, you know, anxious every day. I didn't want to go to work. I was up all night, couldn't sleep. Um I had, and when I was at work every day, I started calling my fiance just crying every Mm. single day. And he was like, okay, it's okay. You know, figure it out. You can do this type of thing. Um, And as the days went on, it got worse. And I have to, I had to cross the Richmond Center Fell Bridge to get to my store. Mm. And when I would get to the beginning of the bridge, I would get physically sick to my stomach and felt like I was wanted to vomit. And then continued with, you know, crying every day. And then one day my fiance suggested, why don't you maybe um, see if you can take some time off work, go get some kind of, you know, medical leave. So I was able to get a week off to see a doctor and they sent me to a psychologist and the psychologist was said to me, her advice was, well, when you get overwhelmed at work, just pretend like you have an imaginary umbrella and open it and all the stress will fall around you. And her thinking, I'm going to hit you with this imaginary umbrella. Like, what is that going to do for me? And then I went back to my doctor and he's like, okay, well, here's your options. Get a new job. And it was like, okay, well, how easy is that? I'm the breadwinner. I'm making six figures. I've been with this company since I was 16. Okay. He's like, or we can put you on medication. And I was like, well, I don't want to get on medication because I know what the root issue is here. 
So after my week off from work, I went back back to work and nothing changed, obviously. Still crying, didn't want to be there. At the time, my daughter was one years old. And so I was, you know, not happy at home and stressed out here too. And then one day my fiance was just like, you know what? Just put your two weeks in. Notice in. He's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. He's like, but we cannot. Like, he's like, you can't be like this anymore. We can't do this at all anymore. And to this day, people still ask him, like, I can't or say, I can't believe you allowed her to do that. And he was like, well, the writing was on the wall. She was miserable. We were not going to be together much longer if that's the way she stayed. And our daughter would have a miserable mom. Mm -hmm. That isn't something that works for me. So I gave, you know, told her to just put your two weeks notice in. So I did. And I, my last day was the day before my 17th anniversary with the company. And I walked out and I had this big relief, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, what are we going <laughs> to do now? Your umbrella opened up. <laughs> yeah, your umbrella opened up and all the stress was gone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, I'll give myself like a month off to figure out, like decompress from all of that. And figure out what I want to do next. And so my cousin came over and she was helping me brainstorm like my strengths and weaknesses, all that good stuff. Like, what do I want to do? And I had recently purchased a Cricut cutting machine Mm -hmm. um, for to make decorations for my daughter's birthday parties and such. And I had showed her some things I made and she was like, well, if nothing works, you can always be a Cricut master. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then I was sat back a few days later and was like, well, wait a minute, maybe I could like start something with this. Mm. And so I started posting like a few projects on Facebook. And within like a week or so, I got a custom request for shirts, um, pregnancy announcement from one of my old admins in the previous company that I worked at. And it just kind of started from there. And after I did Facebook. Yeah, (laughs) I want to stop there because I think that your story really would resonate. It really does resonate with a lot of people. You know, you started your job, you loved your job, and then something happened. um, And then you were completely miserable. And I know there are people out there listening that they may not be driving over the same bridge, but they're having those same feelings every time they're going into work, they're dreading it. And there's this whole concept of like quiet quitting, like Uh that's, you know, that's essentially what has happened. And for some people, they don't have the ability just to really quit. Like that's not an option. And you had a supportive partner who recognized, and I'm sure in your head, you were like, okay, I want out of here. I want to quit. But you really felt the obligation to your family. Is that right? Like where? Yes. Yes, I could. There's there, oh, there's no way because I had no backup plan. We had minimal savings. I was making over, you know, six figures. I just negotiated a 10K raise to because I was being sent to the store. Like, how could I, you know, leave, ever leave? I And I did want to leave in the past few years. It was starting to build up because as a store manager, yeah, you have time off, but you're not really off. You're always getting calls and texts. And our store was in um, the NorCal division's backyard corporate headquarters. So we always had visits. So we always had to be on. So that was something that was building up. And so I think it just came to like a head where like I, there was, there was really no, I, no option, no other option. I felt like um, I was just, 
trapped and I needed the okay from somebody. And so I remember thinking going into it that I wish he would just tell me to quit. I wish he would just tell me to quit. And yeah. he gave me that permission, which I was very fortunate to do or to have um, that support. And so I did. Now, I think if it would have continued longer, I think I would have just made that call on my own because that's mm-hmm. not how, you know, how people should yeah. live. And there comes a point where you have to put like your mental health ahead of mm-hmm. everything else, because if it's not, then <clears throat> everything else is just going to derail even further. Mm-hmm. Well, and had you known at that time what he was thinking, like, this isn't great for my family and we're not going to be together, you probably would have quit on day one driving over that. Yeah, yeah. And he never even said that until he started telling me, you know, like, these were things he was saying to other people. And it's like, what? That's crazy. I mean, it's true. I can totally see that. Um, But yeah, hearing him say that. And and here sitting in your home was this machine that changed everything. So you <laughs> yeah. got your first order and then what happened? Like I just kept making um like custom stuff or po- making little things like shirts or like signs or mugs. Like it ran the gamut and posting. And then like friends started requesting custom orders on things and um, two months after I did that, my, one of my really good friends was like, why don't you open an Etsy shop? And I was like, okay, well, okay. All right. Calm down a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> like mm-hmm. now you're getting know. crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I quit my job, but you know. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, cause I never considered myself crafty or creative. I was always the one before that would like see it on Pinterest, find the Etsy shop and buy it. I'm not making it. Mm-hmm. So for them to be on the back, the flip side of going to be a seller was like okay that's kind of scary but I did and I was like well sh- sh- what what do I have to lose right yeah if nobody so I, buys it then. <laughs> yeah so I opened my shop in October of 2016 and nothing sold until right after Black Friday and it was um one wine glass that just took off and it was I was getting like 10 to 15 sales a day of this one wine glass and it said best fucking with it, but I had a heart instead of a you cousin. And it was because a friend requested that I make that. And I put that design in my shop after I made it for her. And so that first holiday season was nuts. I was getting up at 3 a.m. My daughter was still only one. I had a really good, another really good friend who came over at 3 a.m. for free and was helping me. Like, <laughs> and, and so once like the chaos of the holiday season calmed down, I was like, okay, well, this design obviously is doing well. So then I decided to make that same design, but every name. So best fucking mom, aunt, sister, sister-in-law, and did a whole line of classes in that so that mm-hmm. maybe I could capture all, you know, other people. Mm-hmm. And that those are my best selling to this day still, six years later, those designs in my Etsy shop. I love it. And you know, what's really interesting is that you know, you didn't go get an MBA to figure out how to do it. You know, it wasn't like you sat down and wrote a business plan. It was like, this is how I'm going to do it. You just started. And then that consistency and that showing up, like that's really what led to your success. And I think what really is the key for my Etsy success so early on is I invested in a course um, six months after I opened a shop. And within that, that next year, I did almost $30,000 in Etsy sales. 
And it was because I invested in someone who knew. Mm -hmm. Um, She unfortunately doesn't teach anymore, but, um, and I, and I worked on it and followed the lessons and made it, you know, a priority Mm -hmm. and doing that and growing that has allowed me to then add wholesale on and now coaching and I'm building a course to help other Etsy sellers now. So, yeah. So that I'm really thankful for that person and that I found her. And then I was like, okay, well, let me just make the investment because that's what made me move forward faster. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And so somebody had figured it out, shown you the way and you went on. I love it. I think so often we think, or, or people out there, myself included, think that we have to have it all figured out. We have to like write it all out. We have to know yeah. all the steps. And that's not really how things are achieved in life, you know, um, by setting those super smart goals. I always like to say that kind of sucks the life out of them as soon as you put them in the smart format. So yes. I love, oh gosh. And the smart format, we use that so much in my previous life Yeah, as a retail that I'm like, I don't want to see anything in a smart format ever again in my life. Yeah, <laughs> it's I not so smart. It <laughs> yeah. So I am one of those people and I, it's probably not the best way to operate or maybe it is. I don't know, but I always put the cart in front of the horse type thing. Mm-hmm. Like, y- yes, I can do it and I'll figure it out as I go or leap and the net will appear. I mean, it's been working so far for me, but yeah. um, I think I have a big, um, I think me quitting that career without a backup plan created this foundation of where I can have more confidence in, in higher risk taking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love people it. were like, what? And I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm, I said, yes, and I'm going to figure it out and I will deliver it. Well, like, and okay. I think it's really like you said that leap and the net will appear like, and the ability to figure it out, you know, that that's really your talent and your skill. And you've been doing that in your corporate world. So why couldn't you do that in your new business? And that's what, and now looking back, you know, there's things that come up and I was like, I learned this, you know, in the corporate world, I learned like, there's things that have definitely transitioned. Like when I do in-person vendor events, the way my setup is, I have no problem building displays because I had to build displays Mm -hmm. in my past life or like I was running million dollar stores in the past life. So I get some of like numbers for business. I mean, I don't, know how to do it all obviously and I'm still learning but there are things that have helped me from my old life yeah you know that I've been able to bring into this business to help me move that forward too yeah so I love it so now you're doing wholesale how did that come about and what was that so like? in 2020 I joined another course um it's called multi-stream machine and they teach wholesale, Amazon, like a bunch of things. And so I was like, I really want to get into wholesale because that's a big order up front all at once. But I'm all my products at the time were vinyl. And I was very um, nervous about vinyl because it is, I have no issues with my single customers, but I was wondering how that would transfer from shipping a big amount. And then if it's in people's stores, if people like pick at it, and so <clears throat> I decided to learn another process of making my products called uh, sublimation. Mm-hmm. And so all it is, is you print out the design, you heat, use heat tape, tape it to your mug and you press it and the design transfers. And it takes 
so much faster because you don't have to sit there and weed the vinyl and you could put it in your top dishwasher so no one can mess with it and scratch or peel off the design. And so I ordered a printer and it sat in my garage for like four months. And the person who my friend who was working with me was like, when are you going to like try this out? Like what, what's yeah. going what's going on here? And I was like, I don't know. She's like, you need to just do it. So I did finally. And I mean, and I'm out. sure this printer wasn't cheap. Honestly, the whole process to switch over was maybe like a thousand dollars. The printer itself was like maybe six hundred, but it was one where I had to like go watch a YouTube video you had to figure had to it convert. out. Yeah, and I had to convert to the right kind of ink to put into that. Like it was a whole thing, and I think that was kind of intimidating for me. Um, but I did do it, and it worked. And so I applied to Fair, which is the biggest wholesale platform. <clears throat> and I got denied and I waited a few months and I applied again and I got denied. I got accepted on my fourth attempt because I don't give up. I just will keep trying. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as soon as I got accepted, I had my shop set up within two hours and I had my first order. And I was like, who can I email to say, I told you I could sell on here. I love it. <laughs> so I started selling on Fair and on Tundra, which is another wholesale site. And then I found two Facebook groups that are for um, boutique owners and wholesalers. Um, one is a paid group. Like you have, you get all the courses and stuff and you have to pay to be in it. The other one is free for anyone, but if you want to sell wholesale and advertise, you have to pay a fee. And so I did that with both groups and those really accelerated um, my wholesale business. And I have, I think over 500 people on my email list now from those two wow. groups. And it was less, I've been doing that for a year. So it was another like, tidbit acceleration that I found in but it cost you know it was an investment so I really don't have a problem now um with investing because I've seen it like at the beginning when I was at Etsy and then I wanted to grow my wholesale or I wanted to learn how to grow my business so then I um invested in this course multi-stream machine and then I wanted to blow up my wholesale faster. So I was like, well, let me pay this money to advertise in these groups because my target audience is right there in front of me. And that helped me grow that as well. And I'm sure the machine is no longer in the garage. It's moved into the house or something. No, it's in the garage. Everything is, our house is small. We have like under 1,200 square feet. Oh, wow. Um, So So you're working out of the garage. Yes, I am working out of the garage. I could still handle everything as of now here. and I think I'll be able to for a while, I'm hoping, because I like to keep, you know, overhead costs and all that down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everything's here. I'm at home all the time. I love it. <laughs> and I mean, w- looking back, I mean, that was a huge jump. I know the umbrella didn't really work, but um, <laughs> like when you think back to where you were, w- are there any things that you would maybe do differently? Um. Honestly, no, because I'm I'm also kind of this woo-woo person now. So I see like hindsight. I was sent to that store with that company because I'd been wanting to leave and I would never do it. And so it was like the universe being like, here you go. <laughs> here you go. Like, now what are you gonna do? Type thing. And so everything, every step that I've done along the way in my business, even mistakes moved me to a new direction or taught me something that I needed to know. And so I wouldn't change anything different. You know, I see in those Facebook groups, like, would you take $10 million or like redo this part of your life? And it's like, 
well, I would, I would not ever want to go back and change anything mm-hmm. because my life would, who knows what it would be if I change even one little aspect of it. So I wouldn't change. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad things went the way they did, even though they were really hard, you know, wasn't a smooth sailing mm-hmm. after two years of doing my business. I almost quit and was back to interviewing because I wasn't making enough money fast enough for what I wanted. Um, and then again, my fiance, I told him, you know what? I don't know why I'm going on these job interviews. It's just going to take more time away from my business. And he was like, I'm just waiting for you to like, figure, like figure it out, like do what yeah. you want. And so that, that at that point I started diving into mindset mm-hmm. and then that's when I got into more woo woo spiritual stuff. And that I think is a big key as well. Like you have to have a very strong mindset and you have to practice and work on that because that's what's going to make you keep going forward. Yeah, I love it. And so now you've really jumped into coaching as well. You're helping others do what you did. Yes. And so the same cousin who made the joke about the business, she's a business consultant and we do. Of course, of course she is. (laughs) We do um, weekly Zooms to hold each other accountable. And for a year, she's been telling me, you need to start coaching. You need to start. I was like, I don't know enough. She's like, stop. Like, you need to start coaching. And so I was at a vendor event at a pop-up talking to another vendor, telling her like, you know, all these tips and things that I knew. And she told another vendor and that vendor stopped me in the parking lot and was like, can I meet you for coffee? And I was like, sure. So we met for coffee and, um, and I told her I was thinking about coaching and she was like, send me an invoice. I will be your first client. I want, you know, I, I want you to help me. And so that's how my coaching started. And so it's been um, about six months now uh, and doing one-on-one. And then, you know, you're limited to with one-on-one. So I was like, well, maybe I should start, create a couple of courses that helped me. Like the one, the last one I took, there was like Etsy wasn't in there. So if there was an mm-hmm. over big one with Etsy in it, that could help people as well. So I'm starting with just an Etsy course right now. and then. Maybe next year I'll work on the bigger one. Oh, I love it. Because I think so many times we think we have to have everything all figured out or we have to do it ourselves. And I love your story, how you purchased some courses that help you get started. And and then now you really focus on mindset because that I think stops so many people. I think that's why your printer was sitting in your garage. Yes, it was because I was like, there's just gonna be so much work to learn a new process. And then I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then I have to figure out how to convert. And I'm not really good with technology at all. Like my computer, my fiance, call him my IT guy. Like it's usually like a button, like you just press that. I'm like, okay, great. Thanks. (laughs) But it's definitely the mindset is key because honestly, the only way you can fail in business is if you give up, like you can make Mm -hmm. changes, you can pivot because that's going to happen and that's necessary. But the only way you will not be successful is if you give up. And if you don't have the mindset or that, that strong Mm -hmm. foundation of feeling that way, it's going to be harder to, to move forward, especially when you're going a week without sales, because that happens to all of us or something crazy happens and your machine breaks. And now you have orders that are backed up or my whole family got COVID and I had 12 wholesale orders and all of these retail orders and I was way behind, but I just was like, well, let me just tell the communicate and tell them that yeah. we're sick and no, only one Etsy order canceled. Everybody else kept their orders. Like you just have to have the mindset that you can do it, that mm-hmm. you are already successful because you're further along than where you were even months ago. 
Yeah. Um, and you will be there's success will just always be there for you. I love and, it. And for success, sorry, one more thing is that it can look whatever you want it to look like. You have to also release like the comparison because what you want, you consider successful is probably not the same for me. Mm-hmm. And that's okay too. Yeah. And I love what you said about the only way you can fail in business is if you quit. Because it's true. Yeah, <laughs> I really feel that like deep within my soul. Like I have pivoted so much and like changed direction and I've just kept going forward and things just start like opening up. And like, I would have never, if you would have told me I would be coaching like a year or two years ago, I would have been laughing at you. If you would have said I would be on, on a podcast interview, I'd be like, there's no way I don't do public speaking. I don't speak in front of people <laughs> like, no, but if you have to do the mindset and you just do move forward, things open. And all of a sudden you gain more confidence because of what you've already accomplished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really about taking those steps and knowing and trusting. You said this earlier, trusting that you can figure it out. Yeah. We are so lucky that we can literally YouTube, Google, shoot, TikTok. Yeah. And learn I have learned way more on TikTok than I have <laughs> no. learned on the news in years. Seriously. I've been learned that I've been using everything wrong in my house. Oh, yeah. Who knew? <laughs> like, there's just so, yeah. There, there's so many, so much free information that if you didn't want to pay a dime, you could, you could accomplish still whatever it is. It may take you a little mm-hmm. longer because you have to search out the pieces, but it is possible to do. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching some TikTok the other day and it was telling me, it was talking about the history of wine glasses. Oh, super interesting. Like, why are the reds bigger? I had no idea. <laughs> it was like a whole thing. I, I didn't even know. Now I know. Yep. Now I now can smart, sound smart at a cocktail party, I guess. <laughs> there you go. They're like, where'd you learn that? You're like, oh, TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> so interesting. Well, I love it. And so your products um, have, you know, the F-bomb in it. Have you had any challenges with that? Actually, the only, I only had one issue. And it was someone who was quote unquote mining their business on Pinterest and saw one of my products there, clicked on the link to my Etsy and then went to message me to like yell at me about it. (laughs) But other than that, no. And I do in-person events. And when I sign up, I'm like, can I bring my sweary stuff? And they're like, yes, yes. That's why we're having you. I'm like, okay. And then I do have on my booth, I have a flag that I hang that has our logo. And then another small flag that says, uh, has like a warning caution. They contain facts and opinions that may offend others. And so they know that there's like something going on in here. And then when they walk in, I say, I just want to let you know that there are there's profanity in here. So you've been warned. Do with that yeah. what you will. And they're like, that's why we're here. And so yeah. what I've also learned is that it doesn't matter the age. I have people who are, you know, early 20s up to 70s buying my stuff at these in-person events, which was kind of interesting because, you know, I feel like the older crowd are usually more um conservative in like that but no no everybody loves it they like the snarkiness they love the profanity and yeah it's worked well for me I love it awesome well I mean I know that you are just a wealth of information and I love that you shared the message with the listeners to don't quit 
on your dreams and and don't don't worry about quitting your job even if you don't have your dream figured out yet because you have the ability to really figure that out and i know the holidays are upon us so lots of our listeners are doing holiday shopping tell us about what they can get from you and where to find you so you can buy all of our drinkware for at fbombsandbooze.com and during like the black friday um, that whole weekend, we're going to be running sales. So you can go there now if it's ahead of time and sign on to our email list so that you um, know when those hit. Um, or you can also follow me on Instagram at F-Bombs and Booze. That's where I hang out the most. Um, same handle for TikTok. I'm just still trying to get my feet a little wet over there. <laughs> but yeah, we have all of your snarky and profane uh, gifts that you can give to anyone. Um, our little tagline is we make the best fucking gifts for the best fucking people. So we've got. Oh, you I love that. <laughs> I love that. And probably beyond, you know, if you think ahead beyond the holidays, you know, if you have weddings coming up yes. or anything like that, I know I was scoping out your site and there's a lot of great stuff for weddings and everything. Yes, we cover a lot of a lot of things <laughs> yeah. so that it, we make trying to make gift finding easy for you. Yeah. I love it. And share your tagline again. We make the best fucking gifts for the best fucking people. Isn't that great? All right. <laughs> All right, bold goal crushers. Just know that if you are driving over some bridge every day to work crying, that is not okay. It's time no. to really dive into your gifts. And maybe you should get a new fucking job or a new fucking dream. Uh, yes. Maybe there's a glass for that too. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first. And definitely check out Nicole's stuff because we love everything you've created, Nicole. And congratulations on really achieving that bold goal. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. All right. Great. Bold goal crushers. Remember, you can crush your goals and everything that gets in the way without working double time. So let's get to it. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.